It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As the 2020 season rages on, the Locked On Reds podcast will be here each and every day to detail each win, each loss, and every transaction as the Reds look to move toward a playoff berth. My name is Jeff Carr. Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. I, I, I don't get it. I do not get it. I, I What on earth was that call? Hi, my name is Jeff, and I have watched baseball my entire life. I have played baseball for most of my life, and I apparently don't know what a balk is because that was total bullcrap. I don't know if you saw it. I've shared the video on the Locked On Reds Twitter account and on the Locked On Reds Facebook page. How is that a balk? If you see it, you can see it from both angles. You see it from the outfield camera, which is the point of view that the umpire has. And then you see the slow-mo replay. Right side of the glacius, right shoulder, moves like a half an inch. His glove does not move from its rested position. His hand does not move. His feet do not move. His head doesn't even move. Dude is waiting for the pitch signal, and the second base umpire decides to call a balk, which, since the bases were loaded and the Reds were only up by one, bingo, tie ball game on a balk. And it wasn't a balk. Someone's got to explain to me exactly how that was a balk, because I just don't get it. I've watched that video, like, 25 times, way more times than I should, way too many times, and I do not Get it. If they call that a balk, then there needs to be like 25 balks a game. Apparently, the pitcher is not allowed to move while he gets the signal. That, that, that was total bullcrap. And look, I know that doesn't really excuse the pitching performance that Rice Alaglacius had. The bases were loaded for a reason. It's not as if he balked the bases loaded. But the fact that the tying run, the entire game, Change on a call that makes no ever-loving sense. I, I do not get it. You're welcome to explain it to me on the Rock Lockdown Reds line, 513-549-0159, or on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Lockdown Reds. But I just... I, I, I don't get it at all. The pitcher's not allowed to move while he's getting the pitch signal. I see plenty of pitchers who move while they're getting the pitch signal. Where, where in the rulebook? Because he does not come set. If that has come set, he doesn't even have the ball in his throwing hand. He's not set. I, I, it changed the entire complexion of a game that looked like the Reds were going to win. And yes, the ninth inning was super stressful based on how Iglesias pitched. But otherwise, the Reds were going to win this game. And then Iglesias comes out and blows it. David Bell waits until he blows it to remove him from the game, and by that point, it was way too late. All of the momentum was on the Cardinals' side. All they had to do was sneeze, and they were going to score the game-winning run. I, I just, I do not understand. That, that, that was an ump show. That, uh, the umpires completely took over that game because of that call, and it's total bullcrap. And it's hilarious that that's how I'm starting this episode because I'm very excited. We have Bobby Nightingale in with us here in just a moment. But I had to get that off my chest, man. 
You can't just, you cannot explain that to me. I, I Somebody's going to have to sit down and show me the video of like every other bulk call in the history of baseball and how this one compared because I got to believe that this wasn't a bulk. And the weirdest part was the Reds bench made no movement. The Reds bench had no problem with it. And maybe they just didn't quite process it. Maybe it's not even something you can challenge. I, I, I'm guessing uh, a bulk call is not challengeable. But at the same token, my gosh, that was bad. That just added on to the absolute dumpster fire that was the ninth inning of Rysel Iglesias pitching, which completely spoiled another wonderful pitching performance by Sonny Gray. It spoiled a very nice relief outing by Lucas Sims. I don't know why Amir Garrett can only pitch to one batter. I thought he was going to pitch a little bit more in this ninth inning. I, I, I don't get it. And Rysel Iglesias is not a good pitcher when it comes to lots of days rest, which is what he had today. And maybe that was something that they were trying to avoid. They were trying to get him work, but he pitched poorly. You could tell right out of the gate when he walks the first two batters that it's like he has no control. They had to have someone up in the bullpen quicker than that. But it just it, they bungle the ninth inning. Again, in a situation where the Brewers lose to the Twins, the Cubs are idle, and a win over the Cardinals vaults them into second place. It just feels like they continue to dance around success, never quite hitting it, never quite going in for the kill. I don't know when they're going to make it because they're kind of waiting a little bit long to do it. But my goodness, that just left a terrible taste in my mouth. I... You got to explain it to me. You got to watch that video and explain it to me because I don't get it. I watched it enough. I got it pictured in my mind. I can close my eyes. I can see it. That's not a balk. And that's how we'll lead in to the interview with Bobby Nightingale. Coming up here in just a minute, we're going to talk about the Reds, where they are right now. Can they put it together? Can they get where they need to be? Also going to get his take on some trade deadline stuff and things of that nature as well, and what it's like covering a team amid a pandemic-ridden season. But before we get to all of that, are you frustrated? Okay, I'm not necessarily talking about frustrated with another Reds loss. I'm pretty sure we're all frustrated with another Reds loss. I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about erectile dysfunction. Are you tired of trying to think about baseball to last longer? There's a better solution than that. Check out Roman. With Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort of privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash locked on MLB today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of an ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B. Getroman.com slash locked on MLB. Wanted to talk to you guys also about this 
brand new website called Ohio vs. Everyone. It literally just launched August 1st, and it covers all of your favorite Ohio professional and collegiate sports teams. Check them out. They got great Cincinnati Reds content. They've also got some Cleveland sports content as well as Ohio State. Here recently, they just wrote an amazing article wrapping up the quarter season mark for the Reds in this shortened 2020 season. Check him out. That's OhioVSEveryone.com. All kinds of great content about your favorite Ohio sport teams. That way you know you're getting exactly the sports content that you want. OhioVSEveryone.com. That's OhioVSEveryone.com. Check him out for all of your Ohio sports and pop culture. That's OhioVSEveryone.com. All righty. For today's Locked On Reds, I have with me a special guest. He is the beat reporter for the Reds from the Cincinnati Enquirer. His name is Bobby Nightingale. This is, I think, your second time getting to talk to me. Uh, I think I'm uh, pretty happy about that, man. How are you doing today? And we're going to jump into some Reds talk. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. This is my second time. Always happy to talk Reds baseball, so glad to be back. I am happy to have you, and we're definitely giving you the recurring guest title. Um, but <laughs> over the last 24 hours, it's been an interesting time to cover this team, to be a Reds fan. In general, what's the past 24 hours or so been like for you? Yeah, I'd probably say it's probably – if it's not the craziest 24 hours, it's been the second craziest when you had the, the brawl and the Trevor Bauer trade last year. Yeah. Just the fact that, for one, you you didn't really know the Reds were going to be able to play Wednesday until about Tuesday night, that you really felt comfortable that, okay, the, they're good, they're going to be back playing. And then, you know, you have the – they play their doubleheader. Tom Brenneman makes his comments. and That completely overshadows everything that happened in the doubleheader. Uh, you know, Trevor Bauer fought with MLB about his shoe, about his cleats uh, before the game, and that, that completely got overshadowed. It got probably got more national attention than anyone in Cincinnati who paid attention to it. So it's just it's so many storylines, so many things happened. It was just like it was like five news cycles in 24 hours. That was the funny thing because I know a lot of people, at least in between games, were reacting to Trevor Bauer's cleats and things like that, and kind of like you said. It, it got lost in translation very, very quickly. When it comes to Trevor Bauer's start last night, put that into context for me. That's the, his fourth start of the season. He's got 41 strikeouts. Budweiser's going to make a special Cincinnati can if he strikes out five more guys in the next start. I mean, what has it been like people talking about Trevor Bauer? What's the club felt like around him? Yeah, I mean, this is the guy the the Reds traded for last year. I mean, obviously he 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 struggled in 2019. He said he had an ankle, he tore some ligament or partially tore some ligaments in his ankle that kind of affected him the rest of the season. He was okay when he got to the Reds, but it just obviously he wasn't he wasn't right, wasn't throwing right. But now this is this looks like the guy who you know everyone talked about you know in drive line and everything like that, saying okay he he's going to be the next pitcher of the future. He, he thinks he can be an annual Cy Young type guy. This is the guy who, if he signs one-year contracts and free agency, he's going to get monstrous money. This is the guy that's been showing up. I mean, his strikeouts are unbelievable. His strikeout rate, um, his command is a lot better. He, he's been kind of coy on 
what he's been doing to improve his command, but he did mention he, he's throwing with like one eye open in some bullpen sessions, and that's kind of helped him. So, but I mean, he, he Sonny Gray's been really good this year, but Trevor Bauer, I think, has been the best pitcher in baseball. Maybe him and Shane Bieber, those two. Uh, kind of in a class by themselves, just the fact that they're striking out basically 45% of the hitters they're facing, and Trevor Bauer hasn't even given up 10 hits this year. It's been an absolute joy to watch him as a fan, and just also with his flair for the dramatic between the cleats and then the t-shirt that he was wearing last night and all that good stuff. Just love having him on the team. I know everybody's kind of thinking it. It's a little bit early still. We've still got some baseball to play what are the Reds' chances of keeping him for 2021? Well, I think the big question is if he sticks with his one-year pledge. If he does, I mean, you would think all 30 teams would be interested because, you know, it's a one-year commitment. Why not? If, if you're serious about making the playoffs, why wouldn't you just pay for one year? Right. Obviously, he, if he's pitching this at this level, I mean, you're talking about over $30 million a year, which seems crazy when you thought about before the season – coronavirus bringing down some of the salaries and you're there's a lot of questions about what the free agent market might look like but if he keeps pitching like this it's, I think every every team that wants to be a contender has to be after him and he'll have his pick of kind of what team he wants to play for we're all hoping that the Reds getting Kyle Bodie on board and then also with Derek Johnson which who knows maybe he moves on maybe he takes a managerial role I don't know if that's something that he's looking for obviously right now he probably isn't talking about anything remotely close to that but when you look at Trevor Bauer everyone's thinking boy could we keep this guy this guy's so awesome and I know that I've seen plenty of things on MLB Network talking about possible trade rumors and things like that. Like I think today they had some trade rumor about the athletics were interested in him and the athletics hall would be a bunch of prospects. And it's like, I I don't know that the Reds are looking for anything like that. I don't know. We are approaching the trade deadline. What sort of, uh, I guess, feeling or impression do you get from the club as we near this August 31st trade deadline, are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be aggressive? Are they going to kind of stand pat? I think they'll try to be aggressive. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you can guarantee it just because you don't know if the postseason will be played. I think that's kind of the big thing looming in the background of every front office is saying, if we make a big trade for this guy and the playoffs don't even happen, it's kind of a big waste and you lose prospects. And sure. as we've seen, baseball teams, their number one fear is losing a great prospect and kind of like Fernando Tatis leaving the Chicago White Sox. But like Bauer, you mentioned that rumor. I I hadn't seen that, but I I can't see the Reds making that type of trade. You know, unless their budget went completely down the tank. I mean, this is a team that was, they built in the off season to start making the playoffs. And this is kind of the beginning of their playoff window. When you look at like Sonny Gray's contract, uh, Mike Moustakis, Nick Castellanos, if he doesn't opt out, is kind of Nick Senzel and some of the other young talent they have. You know, this is they, they feel like they have a chance to compete. So I don't I don't think they'd do anything where they'd take a step back. I, I think it's only forward or they'll stand pat. What do you give, and I know that this is all just speculation and personal feelings and stuff like this, but what kind of chance do you give on them making the playoff or – not necessarily the Reds making the playoffs, but Major League Baseball as a whole completing the playoffs this year. I'm, st- I'm still, you know, I'm confident, but I'm not at 100% and feel like it's a certainty or anything like that. To, to me, the biggest 
the worry is when you see college football conferences postponing their seasons, knowing how much money is riding on the line for the Big Ten and Pac-12. When you when you see that, it just tells you there's at least a big fear of a second wave. You know, they wouldn't do that unless they absolutely had to do it. So I, I do think there's a fear there that it won't happen. But for for the Reds, their view, I mean, at least it's an expanded postseason. So even though they got off to the start that they did, their chances I don't think have taken that much of a hit. Uh, besides that, the Chicago Cubs have gotten off to a great start and look like a team that's ready to win a division. They have absolutely been amazing. I I appreciate you talking with me here today. I know you had this awesome article in the Enquirer talking about 20 thoughts for the first 20 games of the Red season. Overall, based on how you felt about this team preseason and where we are setting on August 20th, what what are your thoughts? Have Obviously, they haven't lived up to expectations. Do you think they can go on a run and be that team that we thought they could be? I think with the pitching, the starting pitching especially, you feel good that they, they could do that. I mean, obviously they have to go out and do it. But like Anthony DiScofani, you take away his last start when he got rocked. He's He's been pretty good this year. Wade Miley, I think, is a lot better than he's shown. I, I think the Reds will give him a longer leash than people expect just because what, what he's done in the past with Derek Johnson, he had his best season in Milwaukee with him. Um, I, I think they have a lot of trust there. And then just the guys behind them, I mean, Tyler Malley, if he's your spot starter or your long reliever, I think that's a great weapon to have. DJ Antone has been the biggest surprise of the season, uh, kind of came out of nowhere and turned into one of the top pitchers they have, period. Uh, so I think you at least have to feel confident. Obviously, it's going to take their offense to find some consistency, but they have the, the pieces to do it. I think the talent's there. I think in the past, they didn't have the depth to withstand injuries. Um, and that was kind of the biggest downfall was if they had a slate where three or four guys got hurt, that was kind of the end of their season. Now you see like Mike Moustakas was hurt. Nixon Zell's on the injured list. I feel like they can weather things a little bit better. And then with the starting pitching they have, I mean, all it takes is a few, you know, six, seven games hot at the plate and you can go off on a six, seven game winning streak pretty easily. That's what we're hoping for. And when you talk about Miley, Miley is slated to start the Saturday night game in St. Louis. What has the feel from him been like? Because I know that his first two starts definitely are not ex- up to his own expectations. They're not up to the fans' expectations. What's been the vibe around him? What's he kind of been saying? Do you believe that he's going to turn it around, hopefully on Saturday night, but if not here, very, very quickly? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's different than everyone else on the staff, not only just as a lefty, but as a guy who everyone, all the other starters they have rack up tons of strikeouts, and he's not really that type of guy, more of a control guy. But his, his first start, he, he pitched through a groin injury. I think in hindsight, if they if they could redo it, they would not have let, allowed him to make that start and either given him a few extra days off or put him on the IL before that. So something that popped up at the end of camp, and he tried to pitch through it, and obviously it didn't work. His second start, he was on a really tight pitch count. Uh, I think it was 40 or so. And so it was one of those things that he had a rough first inning, and he, but he's only thrown two innings this season. So it's one of those – there's so much pressure, I think, on guys that you have to pitch really well in a 60-game season. You can't have a bad start. If you have a bad start, you kind of – you know, it means so much more this year. So I, I think you saw a little bit of that pressure, but also I think once he gets a little bit more into his own rhythm, once he figures things out um, in terms of just 
getting a chance to have a regular start on a regular pitch count. I think you'll start seeing more of the regular Wade Miley. And when he pitched against the Reds last year with the Houston Astros, I mean, the Reds really raved about him. In that series, it was Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and Wade Miley. And I remember talking to guys saying, you know, Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander, what was it like to beat those guys um, in two of, the, two of the three games? And like, whoa, whoa, don't don't forget Wade Miley. He's up there too. He's a different type of guy. He throws differently, but he's a veteran and he knows how to pitch. So they have a lot of respect for him, and I think they have a lot of faith he'll figure it out. With this whole situation for 2020, the season is completely different. I know that you and John Fay had an article where you were talking about Joey Votto was like, boy, this season is just weird. It's just hard to get used to. From your perspective, covering the team is obviously completely different than in any normal year. Would you say you've gotten used to it? And and, and how does it how does it feel to cover the team amid a pandemic? Yeah, I mean, covering the team is especially a lot different. I mean, everything's over Zoom. The closest we get to the players is they're on the field and we're in the press box. We don't get any closer than that. Um, I mean, I haven't seen a player face-to-face since um, basically spring training in Goodyear. So it, it, it's a lot different covering. And I think for those guys, like Joey Votto said today, you, you know, it's different. It's difficult. I mean, they have to get up to do testing every other day at 9 to 11 a.m. For the guys that like to sleep in, that's a huge adjustment. And I think right. it's just – you know, they're not complaining. This is kind of what they signed up for this season. This is They knew what they are going to get themselves into. But it's just learning how to do a different routine, learning how to do different things on a different time schedule. And obviously, the four days off um, after a player tested positive for coronavirus, I, I think that kind of – it was like you finally feel like you're getting into a rhythm. You felt great. You had Trevor Bauer and Luis Castillo lined up the next two days against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then your season's paused and – then they lay an egg in the first game of the doubleheader. So I think that's difficult uh, for them just trying to figure out a routine because it's such a routine-oriented sport for these guys. He is Bobby Nightingale. He is one of the most reliable sources when it comes to red news, and I appreciate having you on today, sir. Thank you so much for your time, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, looking forward to it, too. Thanks for having me. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.